0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, RIPD, which wants to be the new Men in Black. It stars Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Bacon and Mary Louise Parker. This is your warning, we will be talking spoilers.
1: Yeah, this is, as we discussed back when we did the episode on Red, uh, the next movie directed by Robert Schwenke. Um, and, you know, who returns? Mary Louise Parker, which makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, obviously we gave a glowing review of Red, such a, such a fun film.
0: And we, uh, both, we both had a very good time talking about the movie. You mentioned you'd not seen this movie, and I said on air. During the episode, I committed us to covering R.I.P.D., a film I had seen before, not had the best memory of, but you'd not seen it. So I thought, maybe we'll we'll change that. And you can get to also experience it, because as you say, Red is an excellent movie. And interestingly, Red 2, also starring Mary Louise Parker, was released around the same time as this movie in cinemas.
1: Yeah, um, and this, you know, 2013. This was in that area, uh, when or era, I should say, when Ryan Reynolds was he he'd appeared as Deadpool in Wolverine Origins, and was had already gotten together the script for Deadpool solo film, using the Zombieland writers and everything else. He had everything ready to go. And for some reason, Fox kind of was like, no. So Ryan Reynolds did a slew of movies just pumping them out to make enough money to, to bankroll Deadpool. This was one of those films. Um, and, you know, it's it's a vehicle. They, I think they were expecting, because of the success of Hellboy, and as you said, Men in Black, they're like, oh, this is kind of like, the Men in Black version of Hellboy because it's supernatural in nature, but it's a cop buddy comedy like Men in Black. It should pick up where Men in Black left off. Which had, I mean, there's so many there's so many years between Men in Black sequels. So they they must have figured they were never going to do another Men in Black. Uh, they were wrong. They, we had two since then, but yeah, you know, rest in peace, department. Which was a Dark Horse comic book series.
0: Yeah, so we've done we've covered two Dark Horse adaptions in a row. Last time we did Resident Alien starring Alan Tudyk, and now RIPD, also known as the Rest in Peace department, mentioned Men in Black, Hellboy, Ghostbusters. It has a feel of Ghostbusters. I'm I'm gonna say this, right? On paper, this movie is a hit. You've got Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, and again, we'd already seen Men in Black, but instead of Aliens, it's the Supernatural. This sounds like it should be a hit. It sounds like it should work. And I'll say this. So this would have been a couple of years after Green Lantern, which Ryan Reynolds has gone to record as saying it's a movie that he isn't a fan of, he isn't fond of. But this, I would say, more so than... Wolverine Origins, this is the worst comic book adaptation movie he's made, by far.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not familiar with the source material, so I'm not sure what sort of quality they had to start off with because from memory, I don't think the original series was very long, maybe 12 issues at a stretch. Um, I think it only ended up being a maxi series before uh, it was wrapped up. Um, so, they didn't have a lot of lore and stuff to drag from to begin with, uh, which explains why it's more a film than it is a TV series. I mean, like, if this was today, they might drag this out into a TV series like they did you with just, uh, Winona Earp. Yeah, but you just need your basics.
0: Agent J, Agent K. Yeah. That was enough for Men in Black. You've got your stars. Then you had Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. Now with this movie, Jeff Bridges, the dude, cool guy, playing a gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan Reynolds as like the young rookie sidekick. It's a buddy yeah. movie, supernatural, action, comedy. Again, this this should work. People had already watched and enjoyed Men in Black. It should have been a good movie, I think. And it's a short movie, too. Like it's an hour and a half, that's it. It's got
1: quite yeah, yeah. Um, you can hammer it out quite quickly. It's
0: quite a short runtime. We should credit um the creator of the Dark Horse comic, Peter M. Lenkov. Yeah, I've not read it either. I'm tempted to, if I'm honest. I've seen this movie twice now. There must have been something in that source material, which again sounds very men in black, but with the supernatural. But I'll I'll go back and, and check it out. This movie though. Was met with negative reviews and proved financially unsuccessful, grossing seventy eight million on a one hundred and thirty million budget Oof. yes
1: yeah that's uh, that's rough because i'm not even sure if that budget includes advertising, which generally they say you have to double the yeah. the rule of thumb is you double production budget to to get your advertising budget um so it's definitely not making back its money Um, even without taking consideration advertising this yeah financially
0: they're having a loss just out of curiosity i looked at Rotten Tomatoes it's sitting at 13 percent.
1: (laughs) yeah it's
0: not he's not doing too well and it didn't get screened in advance for critics which is sometimes a red flag when the studio is like, no, 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 we want to release it to the public before critics see it. And hopefully, yeah. if it's bad, before bad word of mouth spreads, we've earned a bit of money from the opening weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, unless it's something huge where they like, pff, we don't need critics word of mouth, like a Marvel film or a DC film or a Star Wars film. These are big enough that like, critics, you can watch, spend your money to watch it like everyone else. I don't think um,
0: that's what they thought.
1: Uh, I thought no, not concerned
0: they were going to get negative reviews. We've given the spoiler warning already, but if you're unfamiliar, in the afterlife, Nick Waller, a detective who used to work for the Boston Police Department, is hired by a director of a group of deceased police officers to fight against the renegade ghosts. Doesn't that sound cool? I'm not even kidding. It legit sounds fun, and especially when you've got the stars that they have in this movie
1: yeah yeah it's very cool it's all well it's really well put together um and it as you said on paper it should work uh with the talent they've got involved including the director it should work uh and but and one of the reasons i didn't see it until now for this podcast is because of the bad word of mouth i heard at the time i was like oh i'll check that out ryan reynolds he's he's good and people uh, had seen it on opening weekend, came into the store, the comic store, and was like, oh, that was garbage. I'm like, oh, it was? Ooh. All right, then maybe I'll, uh, I'll give that one a skip. It's not like if, if it's that bad, they'll get sequels, which I'll need to know much about. Um, and this was, you know, right. not only was Ryan Reynolds hot at the time, Jeff Bridges was hot. He was on, back on top of the world after a little bit of a renaissance, having been, you know, Obadiah Stain in Iron Man, uh, and followed that up with a bunch of um, really well received roles, including the True Grit um, remake, which he had gotten Oscar nominations before this. Like, so it was he was riding high. Um, so it should have been a no-brainer. Tron Legacy had come out in that time as well. Like, it yeah, which been, I like, did. Easy.
0: I did enjoy. Yeah, honestly, like you just the elements that make up this movie. It, it's. It's it's the movie is what it is and I'm sure i have had a similar experience with it but when they were making this movie, prepping this movie they obviously thought it was going to be a big thing and with everybody involved it, it should have been but the film fell flat I mean I didn't see this at the cinema I'm pretty sure from memory I waited until home release when it was a new release, probably rented it and then watched it again recently here in Australia it's currently on Amazon, so you can check it out on yeah. Prime Video. So if you yeah, want which is where it. I watched it. Let's talk the cast then. So we've, we've got Ryan Reynolds as Nick Walker. He's a detective sergeant at the Boston Police Department who's murdered and becomes Roy, Roy's partner. And Roy is the cowboy character played by Jeff Bridges. What is interesting about Nick is the fact that he was a police officer, but he was actually involved in something corrupt.
1: Yeah, now and it's the first time he in the situation is it's the first time he's done something corrupt to help out his girlfriend who he loves dearly girlfriend, fiance, wife. His partner, who he loves dearly and it's wants, his wife. And yeah. Uh, they've done a drug bust and they found Gold, which on top of the drugs, and we're like, no one's going to be looking for gold. They're going to be looking for the cash and the drugs, which we can hand in as evidence, and more than enough to convict. But this gold, we can keep for ourselves and do something good with. And he's racked with guilt, and that's actually what leads to his death, is he tells his partner, "I, you can have it. Um, I'm. Oh, he's going to turn it in." He's going kind to of like, nah, I don't like this. I'll turn it in. We did the wrong thing. Uh, and his partner, Kevin Bacon, shoots him for it. That's what kills him. Uh, so the fact that, you know, the, the rest in peace department is if they, you get the opportunity, you can go to the great beyond and see what, how you weigh out, whether you go up or down. Um, but as cops, you have special training that they need. And um that could win you more favor whether to go up but it's a it's a hundred year sentence it's a hundred year contract um and you know they their badges are burned onto the chest which looks great it's great it's great uh special effect it looks awesome uh no no dropping that badge no turning that badge in either um it's it's cool and it's it's a little bit like, oh, but he wasn't really bad. He, he kind of slipped up this one time, but was gonna, going to correct it, just didn't have a chance to. It was and a I good guy factual-
0: that made a bad choice, but I found it interesting that he did actually make a bad choice at one time. As you say, he's yeah. going to correct it, so that just added an extra wrinkle to, to his character, but he still went to that same place. And, yeah, Kevin Bacon, he's in this. You know, he's his partner. Yeah, It's always good to see Kevin Bacon, but again, like the talent on screen in in this film. Actually, we should credit James Hong because we get some good gags here. So we see Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds, but other people interacting with their characters back on Earth. They don't see them. So instead of seeing Ryan Reynolds... When people look at Nick, they're actually seeing James Hong. Yeah. Lo Pan from Big Troubles yeah. in Little China. Yeah, who is wearing excellent.
1: Yeah, who's wearing, uh, yeah, he's wearing like a, a dinky little, like old hat, beat up hat, and an old coat. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, he looks like a delivery man. <laughs> so that
0: gag always works. And Roy's avatar, instead of seeing Jeff Bridges, you've got Marissa Miller as Opal.
1: Yeah who's, glamorous, yeah who's stunning
0: attractive <laughs> stunning woman so there's some good gags when you're seeing her and james wong just walking side by side you know there's, there's yeah. some gags there there should be more in this movie to be honest but they do there's some humor there
1: yeah and yeah and jeff bridges being like a a, a western sheriff from back in the day cowboy um, has a sentimental, uh, you know, a, a respect for women. So whenever people hit on his avatar, he takes offence of like, do better, <laughs> <laughs> which was some of the great gags he did. He's like, uh, you know, like that's the line you're coming up to me with. How dare you? <laughs> um, which uh, I did chuckle at. And yeah, it's the sort, as of, like you said, it's the sort of thing that these there should be in a lot of these that line up and calculate to a good film, but there's just something about this movie where it falls flat of you know it doesn't the sum of its parts don't add up to what it is. It's it,
0: it feels it does feel incomplete. And again we mentioned the runtime already. Like a movie like this it should be sitting around the
1: two hour mark. It should. And I think there are two big problems. Uh you're Main villain, who was obvious because he's you know the one who kills Nick at the start, Kevin Bacon. He's also well, your third largest uh, actor on your uh, your poster. So you're convinced that's him the whole time. But the most the villain we spend most of the time with is Pulaski, played by Devin Rattray, who's not a big name. In fact, I wouldn't say he's even a small name. He's, I've spotted him in the odd thing here or there, but he's the main villain we're spending the most amount of time with. And it may—and because this is the quick run time, the fact that you're spending all this time with the villain, like they wanted a, a, a ooh, reveal with Kevin Bacon. And you're like, of course it's Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it doesn't
0: work.
1: There's not enough build up. There's not enough no. mystery. Like if you didn't see who shot him, it would have worked, but because you know from the get-go who shot him, you're like, eh, whatever. It's, yeah, I knew it was going to be him the whole time. I'm not surprised. It makes I the, knew it was going to be it him. It makes the whole film feel smaller. It
0: does, but I didn't anticipate him having a connection to what was going on with the supernatural. I thought it was going to be a separate thing, but when you find out that he's aware of what's going on and Dedo. That's what they refer to as these dead characters that change and mutate. We've got Robert Nepper; He's in this as a guy named Stanley. So he's the yeah. one that mutates and gets really big and you get the big action sequence with. Yeah. Um I think I mean visually, but the type of movie it is, it kind of works. It's not the it's not the best CGI we've seen, but I think this type of film back in twenty thirteen, I think it looks okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. It's not the mind blowing stuff that we were seeing in the Marvel and DC films at the time. It's it's a it's a level below those, but it's not off puttingly bad um for the time. It's just I don't know, I think maybe they could have done something more interesting visually, maybe. That that could be one of the problems that people had with this film. Um, you know, you can take creative license for that sort of stuff. Obviously, you don't want to do actual like ghosts, and you don't want to do anything to infringe on a, a pre existing intellectual property in terms of like ghosts and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, it does, yeah, leave, uh, leave a little less space creatively. But
0: yeah, what they did back in '84 with Ghostbusters, like you know, how they did those effects, yeah. You know, and I don't. Know, but again, like it, it's, it's, it's decent enough. Like you know, I think both of us are trying to find some way of saying something nice about this movie. Oh, interestingly, um before Jeff Bridges was cast, there was another actor that they were going for, and it was Zach Galifianakis. Okay, which would have been a completely different thing. Yeah, because that would have made
1: Ryan Reynolds the straight man, really, surely. Yeah, I I
0: mean, I I don't know. But there's definitely a dynamic that you get from the age difference and what we know of Jeff Bridges as as an actor and he brings certain gravitas to the role. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, they were looking at Galifianakis and he was originally cast, but he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Joe Foster was originally considered for the role of Proctor, but in the end, uh, Mary Louise Parker was cast. And we mentioned her earlier as the connection to the Red movie that came out a couple of years prior. But we've not really talked about her. In this movie, she plays Mildred Proctor, head of the Boston Police Department, RIPD.
1: Yeah, so she's essentially um, the rip torn character from Men in Black. She's the one who like, runs the department. Um, which, and she's, she's great. You know, again, like she, she has a, a really great job with her character. She's hitting all the marks to make her character work. Um, she's a ball buster. She's kind of a wise ass and doesn't take any shit. She, it's the character works really well. So uh, probably the second best character in the film, I say, you know, Ryan Reynolds is just doing Ryan Reynolds. But then the next most effective character is probably Mary Louise Parker playing Proctor. But and then probably Roy for Jeff Bridges. Because well, the one thing about Jeff not, Bridges
0: that just should not be it, the case. It really should it, be shouldn't be. The case. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be. She's not even on the poster. Yeah, I know. That's the second best thing about the movie. And I'm not. I'm yeah, not because, agreeing, by the way. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Jeff Bridges, you know, he's playing the cowboy. He's got the look, and the look is great. Like he, you know, you can dress Jeff Bridges suits a cowboy look. You can, he just does. I don't know what it is. He just fits that look. He lo- he spits a lot of looks, but he particularly spits that one. But something about his accent and his, like the, the one note joke about him being left to, uh, left to, to die slowly and be devoured by wolves. Like yeah. they bring it up again and again and again. And yeah, it wasn't funny it. the first time. It definitely wasn't funny the fifth or sixth or seventh time, um, and his 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 voice. I'm sh- like, watching the hour and a half runtime, his voice like was grating on me. I'm like, how they how do they not pick up with that on set? Like, you know what, Jeff? Uh, yeah. You've been doing that voice all week. What else you got?
0: I know it's like- <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like Jeff Bridges normally sounds. There's more of a mumble drawl that we're getting there. But you know you're talking about the thing with the skull and and all of that, and we, we get it a couple of times. We actually get it again. I was looking what they did for marketing for this film. July 16th, so that would have been, I think that's pretty much around the time that this movie was released. Adult Swim's YouTube channel uploaded an animated prequel short which was produced by Titmouse Inc and featured the voice work of Reynolds and Bridges and they're saying it featured the voice work it was the dialogue from the movie that they just animated but it is, <laughs> it's that scene again so you get yeah. referenced twice in the movie and then they do, did some prequel animations where they once again reference it we've got yeah. another connection to Red Christoph Beck, who was the composer on that movie, is back here. So the director clearly had elements that he liked on that movie. The composer, actress, and unfortunately, the success they had with that movie didn't necessarily have with this movie. What I need to do, I need to check out the comics. I really do, because as we're talking about this movie, there's such a clear through line to Many in Black. And I've got to think, there's more to that original source material of RIPD. There must be. It can't just be Men in Black with the Supernatural. But that's all I'm getting from this movie.
1: Yeah, um, with swings and misses. Uh, like, you know, and we haven't even talk, touched on Stephanie Sostak, who plays the, uh, Nick's wife, Julia. Her, she's in this. That's all I can say. She's not much to her character. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. There. Uh, which you know, it's, there's nothing against the actress. She does with the characters she has on the page. There's not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of scenes with her. She's there to be an object for Nick to strive towards, and that's about it. He's she's uh, she's very much a tool for like. Oh, this is what this is his goal. It's her. That's it. What? Why her? Don't need to know that. What's the character? What makes it special? Don't need to know that. What, like, can we see any of This like chemistry? Nah, nah. We are good. We you had that opening scene. That was enough. Like, alright. whatever. um. I just found that with a lot of these characters, like the this movie. Um, it's just, it's just there. It goes on. You know, even this. They got. They're after this gold. We should bring this out. This is the main plot thread. Like he he ends up, uh, he they bust, um, Robert Neppers Stanley, and he's got gold on him. And Ryan Reynolds Nick immediately recognizes, like, fuck, that looks exactly like the gold that me and uh, Hayes had. Um, we we should look more into this because well, that's a strange coincidence. Uh, and it turns out this gold is to build some device, the staff of Jericho, which will reverse the afterlife and end all human life on earth. Like why does Hayes want that outcome? I don't know. No one was going to spot him being a deadite because he was doing a good job masking himself. Was that necessary for him? Doesn't feel like it. Feels like they needed a big threat for the film for a finale and they this was what they came up with. Doesn't make I mean, a lot of sense. All I've got <laughs> to add yeah. to that is is a dead not a dead eye. You're you're crossing your <laughs> you're
0: crossing your franchises. Although yeah, I'm saying yeah. that this one didn't qualify as a franchise that you you're crossing nah. your movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, it's um yeah, all I could think was that that's your uh, like why? Why does he want this? I mean, that's what the is film, he...
0: isn't it? You know, yeah. Nick's got the gold, he buried it in the garden, planted a it becomes tree. becomes a sky beam. Or, you know, Something. Honest
1: trailers do this joke all the time. And what's the finale? Sky beam. Like, it's, yeah, it's exactly what it is.
0: You know, this movie got a video game adaption, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, this is like, and this was a Sony movie, wasn't it? Like Men in Black. I'm pretty, was it Sony who made this? Whoever, whoever, we, whoever the studio were, they were like, this is going to be something. We've got Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds, we're going to have a video game, PlayStation, Xbox. This is going to be huge. It wasn't. It's a movie that happened in 2013. Comic fans like yourself have not even seen it. Uh, the video game, just like the film counterpart, received mostly negative Reviews and on that, Which, Jay. If you're gonna rate <laughs> this movie out of five,
1: I don't know. I'm thinking like a two out of five. Is that too high a score? Maybe. It's, my problem with this movie isn't it, it isn't such a steaming pile of garbage. I could, I I feel like I have to go lower, like a one out of five or a one and a half out of five. I mean, why wow, one? Wow. Yeah, but it's but it's not good which you know I've we've said this on the podcast many times it's almost the worst thing you can be like if you're a, a great movie people can rave and get obsessed with it and push it and like you've got to watch this movie like your your star wars and your star treks and your uh gangster movies and your marvel and dc films you know there's a there's a fandom that builds around such a thing if you're a piece of garbage like that people vehemently hate there's a passion there that people go that that makes them talk about a movie like oh you should have seen this piece of crap i watched man that was terrible don't see this movie but you hear enough about it like snakes on a plane almost had that it was successful because of the amount of like bad word of mouth it had people like i have to see this steaming pile of garbage (laughs) you I mean, yeah. if you fall anywhere in the middle there, you get forgot about instantly like yeah. as you're leaving the cinema, you start to forget what about it is you just watched, and i feel this movie ends on the lower end of that spectrum. it's like a bit like a dark x men dark Phoenix. it's like not not great that i you recommend but not so bad that it makes you hate it with passion like x men three like it's just there, it's just there, and this movie is there there's a lot of things that like i said on paper it should work with the it cast really should. it should work everything should work and it just goes meh meh like it just fizzles out it's like a just a dud <laughs> like as a so two uh, out of five it may yeah. be high i it may i may oh, need to go I, down or one and a half but no I'll... yeah it's a it definite not recommend <laughs>
0: Well, we, we always see. Th- we always say three and above is a recommend.
1: I'm I'm going to come
0: in also at a two, and, and I can see where you're coming from because maybe based on what we've said for however long we've been talking about this movie, two may seem quite high, but there is some elements like James Hong, Mary Louise yeah. Parker, but we should be talking about Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, but we're just we're just not because. Even though it's their movie and they're the stars, they're not the best things about it, and that's a problem yeah. when they're your
1: yeah.
0: your two leads. I'm going to come in at a two two out of five. This movie is it's just disappointing because it it should have worked, and and it just it doesn't work for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I've heard this talk with people who uh, review films and go, "What went wrong?" and that kind of stuff. And the big one that a repetitive theme of when movies work versus movies that look very similar on paper but don't work is character goals should naturally drive the story because it invests and because it helps you invest you invest emotionally with a character whose goals drive the story uh and the one that doesn't work is because the sequence of events drives the characters so it's, it's plot-driving character, not character-driving plot. And unfortunately, this movie falls into the last. that The plot is driving characters who, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, Mary Louise Parker, they're inhabiting this film. And the ha- film seems to be happening whether they act on it or not. And that's where you get this kind of like, meh.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've just had a look there. Uh, this is a universal movie. And again, it's hard not to compare it to Men in Black. And I was saying Sony, which, of course, is Men in Black. That's probably why I was thinking Sony, because it's hard not to think of Men in Black when you think of this movie. There we go. RIPD, resting, peace department. There we go. That's the movie. That's the review. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Keep an eye out for our next review, Dick Tracy, the 1990
1: Ah. movie starring Warren Beatty. Yeah, need to cross off the rest of those noir movies from uh, the comics from the 30s and 40s.
0: (laughs) There's not many pulp characters we wouldn't have got to I'm thinking Lone Ranger. Yeah, maybe that's I the another only one, one I've not watched. <laughs> maybe the Lone Ranger is the only one that we've not covered. We've done the Phantom, the Rocketeer, the Shadow. There's probably more that we've covered already. Zorro. Yeah, Mask of Zorro. We've done the Mask of Zorro already. So there we go. So Dick Tracy. That will be the next episode.
1: Excellent. Uh, And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.